you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone Montreal. I am your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. And I'm joined every week by my tremendous co-host, our founder and editor-in-chief here at Rocket Sports, and that is the one and only Rick Stevens. How are you today? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. It's what are you celebrating today? I am celebrating that uh, today is the first day in 10 days that I do not have a co- hockey game, game to cover. Wow. And it is the last day for the next 13 days that I will not have <laughs> a hockey game to cover. Uh, so um, you're lucky I showed up for this today. <laughs> well, to that way. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm I'm feeling lucky, I guess. <laughs> Tired. I was I was thinking more of you know Happy St. Patrick's Day tomorrow. Well, there's that. Happy That's Ides of March. Happy Happy uh, Pi Day. March. Oh well, Pi Day would have been for you. Yeah, I guess I guess you don't celebrate. You don't celebrate Ides, the Ides, Ides of March. You, you beware yeah. the Ides. Of you March. wear the Ides of March. Right. Celebrate Pi Day. I bet you did. I didn't though. Not I didn't. Which problem? I didn't have cherry pie. I didn't have pizza pie. I didn't use the mathematical formula. I didn't. I didn't. Really? None of it. No, I was too busy. Mm. Habs played on Monday. So did Laval. Mm. So That's did the... true. Mm-hmm. I know, it was busy. Um, but, you, you know, you're talking some holidays and so forth, but the tournament. The it's March, tournament? It's March Madness. So uh, yeah. the tournament is finally here. Uh, the brackets have been set. The teams are ready to hit the court. And uh, DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy, is celebrating with their largest free college basketball survivor pool ever. How large? $1 million in total prizes up for grabs. And if that's not enough, check this out. When you enter the free DraftKings $1 million survivor pool, you could get a shot at winning $10,000 for every upset through the first two rounds of the tournament. It's easy to play. Just pick one team per day, and if they win, you survive and advance to the next round. Last person standing is the winner. Remember, you can only pick a team once for the entire tournament, so choose wisely. DraftKings is safe and secure. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So get in on all of this week's action. Download the DraftKings app now and enter code THPN during sign-up and enter the free $1 million survival pool. Again, that is code THPN to enter into DraftKings' free $1 million survivor pool. Eligibility restrictions and terms and conditions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Um, yeah, I think I'll be doing that. I've been pretty good at the um, the NFL, the, the 
the football survivor pools, um, but yeah. I haven't tried a basketball survivor pool. March Madness, you're up on your college shoes. I'm going to have to get a, a <laughs> intense course from uh, uh, Joseph Whalen. Um, that is true. Yeah. Uh, the uh, eastern, southeastern Pennsylvania girl in me says go Nova. Actually, I think Nova and Drexel both had some nods, but um, I lean more towards Nova. Villanova, here we go. Let's see. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's been a busy week, as we alluded to. Uh, not just all of the holidays, but all of the hockey. It uh, It's like all of the hockey is happening in March, all of the time. Uh, so we have a stacked show for you Habs fans today. Um, in our first segment, of course, we talk about the Montreal Canadiens. We are going to uh, break down... Um, how broken Ben Sherratt is uh, and that he's going to be out for a little while um, and talk about what kind of a hole that creates for Dominic Ducharme and how he can possibly deal with that. Um, one of those ways we saw last night with Xavier Willett making his season debut. Um, and then uh, Mark Bergevin just held his mid-season press conference this afternoon. So we're just going to briefly touch on some of the things that he did or did not confirm uh, in that press conference, uh, and as well give you an update on some uh, pretty fun news regarding Cole Caulfield. In the second segment, we then go down on the farm and uh, talk about the Laval Rocket, and we've got some great, uh, we've actually got some great things to talk about when it comes to prospects like Jan Meshack, Lucas Vedemo. Uh, we're talking about defensive depth. We've got some audio coming for you from Kale Fleury, uh, as well as Joel Bouchard and Ryan Paling. So lots of great um, information about the Laval Rocket and how some of the the top prospects are doing, as well as how the team is doing. Uh, they've they've uh, last night was their fifth game in eight days. Uh, it's been a it's been a brutal schedule for them so far this month. So we'll get you caught up on all of that. Plus, talk about um, their first test against the Toronto Marlies this past week, uh, and uh, some things going on in the defense for Laval as well. And then finally, in our third segment, we go around the AHL. We'll introduce you to this week's CCM AHL Player of the Week, uh, as well as. Would you believe it? We said it last week. Uh, would you believe it or not? Rick Stevens gets a brief, brief toe dip into uh, where are they now? Uh, we've got a former Canadians forward who uh, has returned to North America to play some more hockey. So we'll talk about that uh, before we give you some exciting new uh, Rocket Sports Media news in our feel good finale today. Um which uh, is aptly timed with the recent uh, 25th anniversary of the final game held at the Forum. So it's quite around. a busy show. Quite a busy show. And remember, this is the Press Zone Montreal, mm-hmm. tailored specifically for Canadians fans and fans of the Laval Rocket. That's correct. We also have a... Uh, a, a, a we have another edition of the Press Zone, which is the Press Zone Philly. So if you or someone you know uh, enjoys the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, we recommend that you send them that way and check out that uh, edition of the Press Zone, uh, which you can also find at thepresszone.com. So, Rick, let's start with the Montreal Canadiens. Um, the big womp, womp, womp as uh, Ben Sherratt gets in a fight and then... Goes away for two months. Fractured his hand in a fight with J.T. Miller. Um, in his presser today, his mid-season presser, 
Mark Bergevin didn't want to talk about uh, whether that was, he said it's part of hockey, uh, accepting mm-hmm. a fight. Um, and uh, that's up to the player. Didn't have an opinion about that. But yes, um, Ben Sherratt had a surgery on Monday. And uh, the forecast was six to eight weeks recovery time uh, for him. And actually, the difference between 66 or eight is is a big difference. That's a big deal. Uh, because one has him coming back um, before the end of the regular season. The other is him coming back uh, just in time for the playoffs. And uh, for a team with, with salary cap uh, issues, uh, that is a big difference because now Mark Bergevin, um, and he seemed to be playing doctor a bit in his pressers <laughs> and, and said that that uh, Ben Sherrod is likely to be back closer to six weeks than eight. Uh, his salary has to be accounted for uh, and he can't uh, go out and spend that money as the trade deadline approaches. Well, let's, I mean, you've alluded to it there. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit. So that was a, that was a big topic of conversation for Bergie today. Um, talking about what he is or isn't going to do in advance of, of the trade deadline in terms of, uh, you know, whether or not he's going to offer up a, a draft pick a, a top pick, if he's going to uh, trade someone on the roster to, to free up some cap space. Um, there was a lot of no a lot of no. Uh, Ben's not out long term in in his uh, view, uh, so can't spend that money. Uh, nothing changes, and uh, Montreal remains tight against the cap. Um, so uh, it's 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 too hard to make deals. Uh, he still has the same expectations of the team, uh, and now their fate is in the hands of the. Uh, players and the new coaching staff that he's brought in. So um, <laughs> nothing to see over here. Um, and uh, don't hold, hold your breath for uh, a big deal. Um, not even to um, uh, supplement the defensive court. Who was, there was already issues on defense uh, before uh, Ben Sherratt went out. But is that, I mean, Bergevin has, has parroted a thousand times this season that not that expectations shouldn't be high every year, but he keeps talking about how high expectations are uh, this season. And I'm sure he's not uh, that on uh, that. He's not that not self-aware to realize that expectations are pretty high for him as well. And after all of the movement he did in the off season and, and now has completely shaken up the coaching staff. um, Is it realistic for him to think that he can just, coast through the trade deadline and not do much because cap because he doesn't want to because he doesn't want to get into that apparently uh and has a a really different view than some of the other general managers you saw what tampa bay did even though they were you know had a strong team last year what they did at the trade deadline giving up first round picks to uh, bolster their team even even more um, seeing the, the playoffs as a as a long grind and and needing that depth uh, Bergevin has a completely different view um, he said it's a one goal uh, league that uh, the team has uh, good goaltending um, and that he's going to put it in in their hands that uh, all this team has to do is get into the playoffs he expects them to do so even with the injury to Sherratt and that he used the phrase, as he's used a thousand times before, anything can happen once you get into the playoffs. I'm sorry, did you just say that he said that 
the goaltending is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, goaltending's strong. Uh-huh. And as he's done him uh, for his tenure, he's going to uh, rely on Carey Price to deliver him into the playoffs and then uh, playoff victories. I see. Round by round. It's funny how um, two, three weeks ago, um, practically everyone in the city of Montreal was ready to just burn down the city because of how bad Carey Price was. And suddenly he's winning really well. (laughs) Like not even a little bit. Like it's just not even a topic anymore. No, no. And uh, listen, it, it never was, truly. Uh, it was the Canadians, as we've been saying all year, have had a lot of problems on, on, the, on the back end. Uh, defensively, they were poor. Uh, Carey Price was doing too much to make up for that. Uh, now he's focused on goaltending. Uh, and finally, somebody, the head coach that is, Dom Ducharme, has, has put in place measures to shore up the defensive play. Uh, and for the month, month of March, uh, Carey Price has a 9.50 save percentage. So, mm. not an issue. So, it was never a problem to begin with. Well, it shouldn't have been. Shouldn't have been. Uh, so, um, with Sherrod out, uh, everyone got their first look at Xavier Ouellette back on the blue line for Montreal uh, last night in his first Habs game of the season. Uh, thoughts? Well, the first the first try <laughs> the first try was slotting in Victor Mete for one last opportunity. I, I'm done with the experiment, and that didn't work out so well. Um, it, you know, we like Victor, and we do. Um, he can move the puck. He has no offensive game. He can't shoot the puck. Um, he needs and, a new team, and he can't he can't compete in front of the net. He mm-hmm. just he just can't. Um, so. Um, he was uh, scratched once again, and from the taxi squad came uh, Xavier Ouellette. Xavier Ouellette in the third pair, placed on the third pair with uh, Alexander Romanov. And Alexander Romanov, I give him all the credit in the world for having to figure out how to play with Xavier Ouellette, who was roaming all over the defensive zone, uh, not known for his strong positional play. Um, but the, the two of them made, made it through somehow. Um, and, and that meant that, uh, Brett Kulak got bumped up from the third pairing to the second to play with Jeff Petrie, which he's done before to some success in the bubble. And, uh, they were fine. And then Edmondson, uh, was, uh, bumped up to take Schrott's place, a similar type of player, uh, side. But um, not the top pairing you want in no, Montreal. No, 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 no beside uh, Shea Weber. Ideally, Edmondson is on the third pairing, Sherrod is on the second, and you have a top pairing puck-moving defenseman to play with Shea Weber. But um, uh, Mark Bergevin sees things completely different. Um, he he, he uh, doesn't have a problem with that. And, and uh, Dom Ducharme praised, he really liked the defense pairings last night. He was oh, really good. happy with, uh, with how they looked and how they played. And uh, so I think that's, I think it's kind of set with some adjustments until Sherratt gets back. Of course, it did, you know, raise the question of with with Willett getting called up to the taxi squad, um, 
people started asking about, you know, okay, so how's Kale Fleury doing down there uh, with Laval? And, and that's, we're going to talk about Kale Fleury's readiness um, and how his development is going this year in the next segment. Uh, and we're going to hear from him and from Joel Bouchard about his play um, coming up. So you don't want to miss that. Um, one last thing before we, before we leave this defense topic, this is just a quick putting you on the spot question. Um, and and granted, Bergevin said he's not going out and making any any trades because trades are hard. But um, would you make a move for Ekholm? Would I make a move for Ekholm? Absolutely, yeah. sure. Um, the, the, as I said, the Canadians were in trouble on they were weakest at, at defense <laughs> uh, before the Sherratt, um injury. Um, so, uh, you know, if a deal could now, now Ekholm, I think is going to, um, demand a, a pretty good penny because Winnipeg's interested, Philadelphia is interested, uh, a number of teams are interested and because he can provide, uh, that, uh, that he can fill in that spot, play the big minutes. Um, am I more interested in Ekholm than the French media are talking about David Savard. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, but it doesn't sound like Mark Bergevin is willing to uh, <clears throat> take on that kind of trade or do something creative. He said that he, he also uh, wouldn't be interested in uh, trading an asset uh, and and a player to get rid of some cap money. He said that uh, there don't there's no dead money, no dead money players on his roster. Okay. Well... That's good to know that, you know, trade deadline day, Habs fans can go do something else. (laughs) (laughs) If if they uh, if they really so choose. Um, The other thing that he talked about, uh, of course, um, with the NCAA seasons wrapping up as as the championships kind of take place here and there, of course, the question came up, uh, would would we be seeing Cole Caulfield or Jordan Harris coming to the, to, to the Canadians? And Bergevin was pretty non-committal. I, I have to agree with him on this point. He was pretty non-committal about that, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I, I would say as well, I, under, I understand how excited people are for Cole Caulfield. I get it. Uh, we're going to talk in a minute uh, here uh, about just really how significant of a season he's had uh, in the NCAA and the Big Ten. But um, I I am excited to get excited to see how he's going to transition, if he can take that game and transition it to the NHL. So so Rick Bergevin wasn't ready to commit to saying, yeah, you're going to see Cole Caulfield in three weeks. No, he didn't. He said that... um He's like certainly he talked about his his goal scoring ability, but also has liked his game uh, away from the puck, and uh, gave a, an example of a, a game that he had watched of Cole being the first back to uh, lift somebody's stick, um, and uh, and 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 act responsibly in a defensive role, um, but it, you know, it's 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 going to be hard to. Uh, bring a new player in the quarantine, all of that. But then, um, you know, I, boy, it's hard to uh, kind of predict what kind of transition he's going to have. And you'd sure like him to have some time in the AHL uh, to see how he's going to uh, yeah. fare in in a, in a more physical league. There's no 
there's no shame in being patient with a prospect. Um, and, and you've heard it time and time again from us, from us interviewing coaches, from us interviewing players who've played in the NCAA, uh, that it is a major difference. It's a big difference. And a players have said many times the difference was more drastic than I thought it was going to be. So I say just be patient and let's set him up to be as successful as he's been in the NCAA. So Rick, uh, the big news that came out today, um, unanimous decision, Cole Caulfield uh, named the Big Ten Player of the Year. He is the national goals leader with 27 goals, national points leader with 48 points. Um, He's the Big Ten scoring champion and made the all Big Ten first team. Quite a a (laughs) splash to end his season. Um, And... uh, uh, and to give yesterday to give his uh, his his team the Wisconsin Badgers birth into the championship game, he uh, scored late to tie it up, and then the game winner in overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, of note, his brother Brock Caulfield, who also plays on the same team with him, uh, is the big won the Big Ten Sportsmanship Award, uh, and his head coach Tony Granado won Big Ten Coach of the Year. So it's a pretty good day for that whole crew. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so we are going to take a quick break. On the other side, we are going to uh, head down the farm, talk about the Laval Rocket. And you're going to hear from Kale Fleury, Joel Bouchard, Ryan Paling. And uh, we're also going to take a look in on Jan Mishak and Lucas Vedemo and let you know how the prospects are doing and, and how close some of them are coming to looking really NHL ready. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit AHLReport.com and click the Join Our Team tab at the top of the page today. (laughs) 
And welcome back to the Press Zone Montreal right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Of course, be sure you're following us on Twitter at the Press Zone, and you'll want to be sure to follow at the AHL Report. That's where you'll get all of our news and updates, as well as live game tweets during Laval Rocket Games. Uh, my colleague Chris G's uh, Rocket Notepad uh, appears there. Uh, and of course, all of our episodes of the Press Zone. So be sure you're following at the Press Zone and at the AHL Report. Uh, so speaking of the AHL, we are going to talk about the Laval Rocket. Uh, as I mentioned in the first segment, it has been quite a week uh, for Laval. Uh, last night was their fifth game played in eight days. Uh, it, it was just a grueling schedule. Three of those games were on the road, uh, and then they came home for a two-game stint before they now head out. Out, uh, to Western Canada this week, and they'll be on the road for 13 days playing two four-game series. First, they'll do a four-game series against the Stockton Heat, a team that they'll play for the first time ever uh, now that Stockton has, uh, for this season, temporarily relocated uh to Canada. So they will play four games in Stockton against the Heat, and then they'll head to Winnipeg and play four games against the Manitoba Moose before uh, coming back to Quebec. Um, so since since we last were here, uh, they played in Belleville, uh, won three to one that night, uh, went to Toronto, uh, and they played uh, a home and home against Toronto. That's the first time this season that they've played against the Marlies. It was a very, you know, Joel Bouchard uh, said to me that he, he was excited for them to play um, the Marlies because it was a, you know, the Marlies, as he, as he says, is a very skilled team. Uh, and it was going to be a very different experience for them compared to the teams that they had faced this season prior to that. So, um, it was actually a pretty close game, uh, in Toronto, uh, Toronto ended up winning, uh, four to three, uh, in, in that one, but Laval did then beat them on home ice, uh, in overtime on Sunday evening, which was uh, pretty pretty tremendous. Uh, and then the very next night at 5 o'clock last night, uh, they hosted Belleville, uh, and they won against Belleville 3-2. Uh, so Laval is just zooming along. The power play has, has been working a little bit. Um, they've been doing some good things, Rick. But um, in particular, want to want to make note of... Um, Two particular players, Jan Meshack, uh has started to play a little more regularly. He's still playing on the fourth line when he does, but uh, he's looking very strong. He has now scored his first and second professional goals. Uh, the first one came uh, against Belleville on the road last week. Uh, the second one came uh, at home this past Sunday against Toronto, uh, and he put them up uh, three three nothing. Um, you know, the, the, <laughs> the, the, that first pro goal was, was pretty nice. Uh, came in with, uh, Brandon Baddock, uh, on an odd man rush and just nice little backhander, uh, right, uh, right in past Joseph, uh, sorry, uh, that was against Belleville, uh, right little backhander right into the net, which was, which was pretty tremendous. Um, what, uh, what are your, from what you've seen of Jan Meshack, um, what, what have been your biggest impressions so far? Well, and, and just following up, the second goal, he created all himself. Um, That's true, he did. Cre- creating the turnover, picking it yep. up, and then um, a, a wicked shot. A snipe, yeah. Um, 
I, I, the more I see him, the more I like him. And, and I already liked him, I should say, um, in his draft year. But um, he's he's much more of a, um, a straight line kind of player than uh, than than you'd think of a, a European, a smooth skating, you know, um, east west kind of guy. Uh, he's much more um, head on. Um, you know, he's got that that Arturi Lekkanen uh, work ethic uh, that he's just a dynamo on the on the ice every single time he's there uh, for checking uh, very responsible in his own end good on faceoffs gets really low um, in the at the faceoff dot and he's just a he's just a a, a good hockey player um, and uh, and really seems to be loving <laughs> loving the game. <laughs> I think he does too. He has a big smile on his face uh, whenever we talk to him uh, for the media availabilities. Uh, and he just really seems to be, as Bouchard says, he's like a sponge. He just asks questions and soaks everything up and, and seems to really be enjoying uh, his time so far. Um, the other player I want to talk about quickly is Lucas Vedemo. Um We have always praised Lucas, Lucas Vedemo's skills and his talent. Um, it is, he's putting the pieces together this year. Um, in, in this past week, he's had a goal and two assists. Uh, he's almost had a couple of other scoring chances where he's, he's hit the post or come oh so close. Um, and he is now uh, sharing the lead on the team in points with nine points. He's got four goals and five assists on the season. Um, currently leading uh, leading the team with Jesse Alonen with three goals and six assists for nine points uh, right there with him. And, I mean, we could have another whole conversation about Yelonen, but and we will do that on a, on a different day. Uh, Yelonen, an absolute solid uh, first-line right winger. But, Rick, it's, it's good to see Vedemo suddenly now playing with that confident consistency that we knew was there, but it was, you'd, you'd kind of only get glimpses of it in, in prior years. And this year he seems to be putting the pieces together. He's confident. He's consistent. He's uh, a player that Joel Bouchard relies on, mm-hmm. uh, in, in any number of situations. Um, he's, uh, he's good over his skates. He's, he's a lot stronger. The, the biggest difference uh, this season is he's, he's a lot stronger of a player. Uh, and he's using that um, both in 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 um, keeping people off the the puck and keeping possession, but in also creating turnovers. Um, and been a bit physical. He's he's uh, picked up his his share of penalties, um, but um, you know, just a responsible player. Leading, we have limited information to go on in in uh, uh, statistical information in the AHL, but mm-hmm. certainly leading. Uh, the plus minus category for forwards on the rocket with a uh, with a plus six. So he, he um, both Vedemo and Paling are the two most uh, uh, ready to uh, make the step um, to the NHL. Of course, both have have played in the NHL, but uh, look to be that uh, they they could be tapped. Uh, if there was a need at the NHL level, absolutely, and we are going to hear from Paling in just in just a minute here. Um, first, I do before we before we get to um, talking about Kale Flory and Ryan Paling, just want to focus on that uh, home and home against Toronto for a minute. Um, it was, um, you know, I think I think Bouchard and his team were pleasantly. I don't want to say surprised, but I think they were very um, 
proud that they were able to hang with Toronto as well as they did in both games. Um, the first game started out actually kind of with a scary moment um, as Scott Sabrin was driving the net. Corey Schooneman was right on his tail. There was a little bit of contact there. Sabrin went careening into Primo and, and sent him flying all the way into the corner um, Primo was slow to get up, but but seemed uh, to be fine. He went on, and he's played since then. Uh, Scott Sabrin uh, did get a well. I should. We were just talking about Lucas Vedemo and his strength. Lucas Vedemo took big exception to that, um, and and really got into it with Sabrin right away uh, when that happened. Um, that earned Sabrin some time in the penalty box. Um, he got uh, actually very brief time in the penalty box because he then got tossed, uh, got a goaltending interference penalty, uh, five minutes for fighting, um, and a game misconduct. He has since been suspended for a game. Now Toronto had called him up to their taxi squad. So he avoided serving that suspension, but I see just today, uh, he has been sent back down to the Marlies. So Sabrin will be serving that penalty very soon. Um, but Rick, there was there were two other familiar faces in that Toronto lineup on the top line. Uh, a young uh, Russian by the name of Alexander Barabinov, who um, has my goodness, he's going to be something. But with him was one Nick Patan and Alex Galchenyuk, <laughs> and um, Chucky has not lost uh, lost too many strides. No, he hasn't. Uh, Nick Patan, I've always liked Nick, uh, but Galchenyuk looked really good. And uh, Kyle, Kyle Dubas spoke about him. Kyle Dubas had a, a media availability, a mid-season media availability today, and spoke about um, uh, Alex Galchenyuk um, and, and said that uh, it's just very fortunate for the Leafs the way it all worked out with uh, acquiring him from, from Ottawa and, and he was, uh, didn't have to quarantine. Um, they just felt that that this was a a player that bounced around a bit uh, that needed to some stability, needed a reset, needed to work with their development staff, and and what they've seen from Galchenyuk is someone with excellent work ethic, uh, his commitment, his attitude, his performances is all been very good, and uh, uh, Dubis uh, forecasts that uh, on down the road. Um, that that Galchenyuk's a nice piece to add to their to their forward depth, and that Galchenyuk would get an opportunity with the Leafs uh, sometime. I really hope this is the beginning of a, a bright new chapter for Alex Galchenyuk. He's he's been he's been a bit through the ringer the last few years, and um, I I hope this is the start of something good for him. Uh, it's kind of fun watching him. Uh, dominate <laughs> in the AHL, that's for sure. Uh, so quickly, we do want to talk about two more prospects who are looking more more and more ready for the Habs each and every day. We'll start with Kale Fleury, since he came up as a question now that there's there's there are these big question marks on the, on the back end for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Kale Fleury, um, not only has he been progressing with uh, the offensive side of his game. I mean, he had uh, even just last night uh, in in Monday night's game, he had two assists. Uh, He had an assist in the game before that. So he is moving uh, right along in terms of, um, in terms of points. He has four assists on the season, Um, but his physical play, you know, Rick, that's one thing 
Kale Fleury has always been solid, and he plays a solid defensive game. Um, and so we spoke with him recently, and I asked him, um, you know, in in the in one of the Belleville games last week, he played he right at the start of the second period, he innate he laid an enormous hit along the boards on Igor Sokolov. And I mean, he just absolutely wrecked the guy. And and you could see everyone just, whoa, like, you know, you you don't Kale Fleury's a quiet player. And so, you know, those kinds of things come out of nowhere and and Kale Fleury reminds everyone on the ice, hey, I'm here and I can hit. Um, so I asked him that and and talked about his his desire to keep uh, developing that part of his game, that very physical uh, side of his game. And uh, here's what he had to say. I feel like when I'm playing physical like that, it just kind of helps the rest of my game. Uh, maybe if it's guys are maybe a little intimidated, I can have more time with the puck or uh, kind of, I've been known for throwing reverse hits and stuff like that. So guys, sometimes will take it easier on me if they know uh, my style of play like that. But I think just playing physical gets me into the game more as well. Just uh, kind of gets me more focused. And I, I have to say that the entire time he answered that question, he had this, this mischievous smirk on his face. Like, yeah, I, I like throwing hits, <laughs> uh, enjoying it way too much. But but I, I thought it was interesting, too, for him to say playing that way really gets him focused on the game. It's what really gets him up for a game, Rick. And um, I, I, th- I think that he understands that it's an important piece to his game. I think it is, um, but it's a piece that he doesn't want to get too focused on. And I think that's yeah. his that's his reputation and certainly was. Uh, he established himself uh, in those NHL games with with Montreal that he was willing to be physical, mm-hmm. um, uh, but he we shouldn't lose sight of the fact that he can also be a puck mover. Right, um, and um, I, I think the the issue in Montreal when he got uh, Claude Julien sent him down was that he had started to uh, chase the game. Not uh, chase hits sometimes, but he was chasing uh, chasing the puck, and and he has to be a little bit more um, responsible. And 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 the, the, his name came up today uh, in the Mark Bergevin presser, and and um, Bergevin just said, you know, he has to play games, and unfortunately, he was placed on the taxi squad, and and um, he's missed some some games, and last season missed some too. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you know, I he. Was at Bergevin was asked if if uh, Flurry was uh, uh, under consideration for for the the issues that the Canadians have on defense, and it didn't sound like that was in Bergevin's thinking. Um, he needs to play games. Um, you know, it, it's it's a bit of adversity him. Um, you know, being sent down first of all, and then the season ending and 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 not getting in uh, the action, but he's faced adversity before. He was, mm-hmm. you know, even in his draft year, he was on a, an absolutely terrible team in in Kootenay, the Kootenay Ice. Um, he was uh, Kale was a minus sixty one in his draft year, <laughs> and um, <Wolf. laughs> but 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 it was because he was on a terrible team, right? And, and um, and and he was able to work through that and and uh, still 
uh, through that year, still be the kind of guy who was first to the puck, had a good gap, making good decisions, all of that. And he just needs to remember those lessons and work through it. Uh, I'd like to see him relied on more in, in Laval, be mm-hmm. the guy. Um, and uh, and, and uh, then he'll uh, open some eyes and, and uh, perhaps uh, add to the depth of the Canadians' Which which depth is is weak uh, on mm-hmm. uh, on defense? So I turned around and asked Joel Bouchard the same thing uh, in the same press availability. I said, "Look, you know, just talk to Kale Fleury. He talked about how um, you know developing his his physicality while remaining disciplined. You know, he's not one to take uh, bad penalties with his physical play, so he's he's pretty disciplined about it. Um, you know, does that make him more of the all around defenseman? His two hundred foot game." Um, and Bouchard had some really interesting comments and actually uh, really sees sees a, a, a special uh, niche for Kale Fleury once he makes it to the NHL. Do you, do you think that that's uh, an important part of his game to remain consistent in developing that physical presence while also getting that 200-foot game going? That's his color. That's his color. He doesn't do that. He's useless. He knows that. I mean, I love that guy. I mean, that's, that's who he's in. He has to be a presence. Everything else will fall. He has talent. He has tools. Like he can shoot the puck. He can move the puck. His game revolves about being physical. Everything else will follow. When you try to fix something or when you look sometimes at, don't look too much. One or two things and everything else will follow. If you start looking at all the angles of everything in life, you'll get lost in it. Focus on what gets you successful. For me, Kale is a beast. He needs to be a beast. And I'll say it again, there's a unique face to his game in 2021. There's not many guys like that. Look around the NHL, look around minor league, a big right-and-shot defenseman that can hit and hit often, day in, day out, shift in, shift out. There's not many of those guys. But to me, that's the consistency he needs to have. So again, this morning, I walked by him and I told him, I'm going to be over you, under you, through you. We're going to work at it. And there's a part that we can it's not because he doesn't want to. Like I said earlier, he just hasn't played enough in the last two years. And that's exactly what you just said, Rick. He hasn't played enough in the last in the last two years. I really like the I'm gonna be over you, under you, and through you. Um, Joel Bouchard apparently making sure that he is hammering that consistency aspect into into Kale Fleury's head, but um some some encouraging comments from Bouchard about seeing seeing him as being a very unique type of defenseman in the NHL, and that he's a beast, and that he's a beast, and he needs to be a beast. <laughs> that's right. Otherwise, he's useless. That's a very direct, frank talk. But it is. Um, and and that that uh, don't worry too much about this, that, or the other thing. Uh, that uh, play your game, play a physical game. Don't chase hits, and things will. Um, if we're patient, work out. And and we saw that kind of the end product uh, of a project, of a work in progress last night as the Canadians played the Winnipeg Jets and Logan Stanley was in the, mm-hmm. the lineup. Now, um, a much bigger player, but, yes. <laughs> but still uh, a player who uses his size uh, to make a statement. And, and he was a, a beast in that game. Absolutely. Uh, One more uh, player that we want to touch on before we head to our next break is Ryan Paling. Um, You know, we've had, I feel like the same conversations that we've had over the last couple of years about Lucas Vedemo and Kale Fleury, we've had about Ryan Paling. He's also faced some adversity, uh, 
call-ups, send-downs, losing confidence, not playing with consistency, not being uh, put into the best um, positions to be successful. But this year, yet again, we're seeing um, a Ryan Paling who is confident, who has come to make a difference, come to come to make plays um, and he's being rewarded for it as well he's actually currently sitting just two points behind Lucas Vedemo uh, with three goals and four assists uh, on the year in in 12 games including he had a, a power play goal uh, in the second game against Toronto uh, it was kind of a, a, a ping pong goal that that deflected off a couple of guys and then in last night's game uh, he assisted on a Joel Teasdale goal and then he uh, potted the game winner um, with another power play goal uh, with a really just, just patient stick handling from the left circle and then just a pinpoint laser shot roofed it um, over um, over the goaltender and uh, had a had a tremendous game yesterday. So after the game, uh, we spoke with Ryan Paling and and first asked him just in general, you know, how he feels, um, you know, things are going for him and and as far as his development and and whether or not feeling confident has really contributed to his success this season. Yeah, for sure. I think that's. I mean, those. That's the type of player I pride myself on and want to be. And I think coach does a good job of helping me out and focusing on the little things I need to work on. And I think I'm just getting better with them every day. So especially with face-offs, I've, I've won a lot more these last five games and it feels good to start with the puck. And that's something that gets you on the ice a little more too. So I think those just little things in general are the, the player I want to be when I, when I get the chance. I, I then went on to ask him, you know, we, we talked to, we had a clip for you last week from Isaac Ratcliffe, who plays, uh, he's a Flyers prospect who plays for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. And Ratcliffe talks a lot about working on uh, the small details in his game. And I kind of posed that to Paling last night as well. You know, does he look at his development game to game by, you know, really keeping an eye on, on his, on, on his points? And is he, is he scoring enough? Is he producing enough? Or does he balance that out with just focusing more on the things he needs to work on? And, and this is what he had to say. It'd be dumb to say, no, I don't, but I mean, you do to some extent, right. But for me, it's just, I think when you play the right way, you see things work out your way. Like for example, last game, I had that goal on the power play where it bounced off a two, two skates and it was lucky, but mm -hmm. there's the two games earlier where I didn't get one point, but our team, our line worked them, worked them all night. So I think it's just, if you, if you keep working the right way and, and get pucks to the net and, and constantly create chances, I think at some point they're just going to go your way and bounces will happen. So I think that's just like, if you can stick to your, stick to your game plan and kind of listen to your structure and, do that I think then the puck will end up rolling your way it's just a thing of karma in, in that sense <laughs> little thing of karma in that sense uh, Rick you know it's it's good to see Ryan Paling obviously playing with confidence uh, this year absolutely um, and and he's he's taken a more methodical pro approach and he's uh, believed in the process and and uh, I think he's um, he's really had a mature attitude um, I, I'm, I'm happy to see him getting a few more opportunities, happy mm -hmm. to see him, uh, in, in the face-off circle more often where he's able to, uh, uh, get that repetition and is, is, uh, you know, following that by, by some success. And, uh, but as he said, that, that, that pinball goal that he got is just part of those are going to come and, and sometimes you won't get the, 
the stats, but uh, as long as you're um, following the process, which he is, uh, that eventually things will work out. They will. And so, um, you know, we've got, uh, you know, Jan Meshack a little farther away, but but a bright prospect for sure, as is Jesse Lonen, uh, Lucas Vedemo, Kale Fleury, Ryan Paling all seem to be uh, trending in the right direction and uh, might be seeing some of them sooner rather than later. Who knows? Um, but but really good, really good news on the prospect front uh, as far as their development. We're going to take one last quick break. When we come back, we are going to go around the AHL. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com the Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. And welcome back to the Press Zone Montreal, right here on Rocket Sports Media and the AHL Report. Once again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And I'll remind you once again to please follow us on Twitter at the Press Zone. You can also find all of our hockey coverage uh, at the AHL Report. In this segment, we go around the AHL, and each week we first introduce you to this week's CCM AHL Player of the Week, uh, and it is a goaltender this time around. Providence Bruins goaltender Jeremy Swayman has been selected uh, as the Player of the Week for the AHL this week, stopping 51 of 53 shots in his two starts for Providence last week. Uh, that's 2-0-0 with a 
1.00 goals against a 962 save percentage. Uh, that's his first career shutout and extending his winning streak to seven games. I'm guessing from the previous season. Um, Both Swayman and uh, Dan Villard. Uh, Vladar at uh, near the top, or at least in the top 10 of the goalie rankings for the AHL. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dan Vladar getting his first NHL start uh, tonight. It's pretty impressive. So congratulations to Jeremy Swayman of the Providence Bruins. Now, this, you know, if you've listened to this podcast in in past years, you'll know that Where Are They Now is one of my co-hosts most favorite segments. Um, We have some listeners that are quite fond of that segment as well. So this isn't a true dive back into Where Are They Now? We will get we will get back to it. But this is just like a mini baby tiny itsy bitsy Where Are They Now? uh, for Canadians fans. um, Because Rick, a former Canadians forward, has now returned uh, after um, playing in the KHL for the Cunlan Red Star last year, uh, returned to North America and signed a PTO with the Ontario Reign. And it is... <laughs> Devontae Smith-Pelly, um, who you may or may not remember. <laughs> you may not. <laughs> had a rather uh, brief mm. uh, 66 games with the Montreal Canadiens, uh, just 15 points. And that's back in the 2014-15 season and the 15-16 uh, season came from Anaheim uh, for Yuri Seacash, kind of two teams trading problems, and then uh, out to New Jersey for uh, Stefan Matteau. Mm-hmm. So he is now back from playing in the KHL and has signed a professional tryout with the Ontario Reign. So uh, Western Conference AHL fans will get a look at Devonte Smith Pelly still in the game. Our feel-good finale this week uh, is just a, it's you know, Rick, it's kind of exciting that we've had a lot of feel-good finales lately that are Rocket Sports Media news. Um, which a lot is, of good news. It's fantastic. We love it. And uh, Habs fans will be particularly excited about this one. Uh, Rocket Sports Media now expanding some of our off multimedia offerings. And uh, this past week, uh, last week actually, uh, we debuted a v- brand new weekly video segment um, at over at our main uh, website, allhabs.net. Uh, that's All Habs Hockey Magazine, allhabs.net. And uh, debuted a brand new weekly video segment called the Habs uh, called Habs Fan Forum. Uh, actually debuted on Thursday, the 25th anniversary of the final game played at the forum. Uh, and uh, Rick, I think fans are really going to uh, really going to appreciate this new weekly segment. A new contributor to uh, the Rocket Sports team. His name is Ben Danku, and and. Uh, Working with him to put together these Habs fan uh, forum uh, videos uh, that will appear every week on uh, YouTube. And uh, to find our YouTube account, it's simple, All Habs. Uh, search for All Habs. And they, once you're there, um, you're, you're going to see a lot of, um, you know, if you scroll back and, and, and look, there's uh, Lucas Vedemo's, one, one of his very first interviews uh, mm-hmm. that he ever did. Um, during international competition and there's all kinds of 
gems in there. Uh, but adding to that is uh, Ben's take, uh, weekly take, uh, from a fan perspective on the Montreal Canadiens and, and, uh, and things that have transpired during the week. That's right. Ben gives you a weekly fan reaction uh, video, and he'll he'll talk about, you know, as a as a passionate Habs fan, he's going to talk with you about the highs, the lows, the ups, the downs. It's a roller coaster every week, as Rick always likes to say, and uh, Ben's going to break it down for you in his fan reaction videos every week. So uh, be sure you're subscribed to the All Habs YouTube channel. Make sure you hit the notification bell so that you're notified whenever uh, a new video has been uploaded, but also bookmark allhabs.net if you haven't done that already, and you'll also uh, find uh, all of those posts happening there as well. Speaking of subscribing, be sure you subscribe to the Press Zone. We ask you kindly to subscribe to the press zone and to recommend it to your friends who would enjoy this podcast uh, and share this podcast on all of your social media we really appreciate it when you do uh, we've actually had some some really nice feedback uh, on Twitter this past week from a number of different listeners and followers of our coverage uh, just talking about how much they uh, appreciate the unbiased uh, Montreal perspective that we provide so uh, we were Proud to be able to do that, as we've said. You know, we're independent media, which means we have independent voices, and so uh, we're we're so glad to have you along each week, and uh, we're glad that you were here for this episode of the Press Zone Montreal. And we guarantee there's a ton that's going to happen between now and next week. So be sure you're back here next week for another great episode of the Press Zone right here at Rocket Sports Media. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of the Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.